we were gone for quite a while. But no matter what happens next, the galaxy still needs its guardians. Hello, we come in peace. Drax, seriously, dude? No, dude, no, no! Ow! <laughs> hey! Welcome, folks. We are here to give you our dope review. But first, I want to let you know who you're listening to. We are words from blurs. I'm JT, and the other person echoing the word blurs is a do, as you know. And we are the Words and Blurs podcast, where we review all things pop culture, movies, news, and anything we feel like. Okay? Today, a do. What the hell are we reviewing, guy? Uh, we're going to be talking about the final movie in the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. For now, as far as we know. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. It's also the The final last movie. James Gunn joint? As I was about to say, yeah, exactly. The last James Gunn movie uh, before he heads on over to DC Studios. Well, that motherfucker's already there. <laughs> He's already there preparing for Superman, and I can't wait. <sighs> okay, well, let's just dive right into it. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This... Um, I don't know. I think I might need some time to really think about it. It's only been like uh a week since the last time I saw it. This might be well, it's definitely one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time. Um I need some time to think about if it's my favorite. Uh it's it's battling with Black Panther, it's black battling with uh Infinity War and Endgame, but I'm I'm a just yo, I'm gonna just be straight up just off top. I really love this movie. Uh yeah, I think I think uh box office and critic response would agree with you. Um, this movie is doing great things. Like it's it's got great reviews. Uh at what is this, week two? At week two, it's made five hundred million dollars. Um that's Crazy. pretty fucking good. Um Again, in this in this like post COVID climate, movies aren't really doing as as well at the box office as they used to. And uh, case in point, um, Black Adam, Shazam, and Ant Man, uh, who was in the Marvel family as well uh, as this uh, chapter in the Guardians trilogy. I mean, um, no shade, but I I don't think it was just COVID that was. Uh... That was those I mean, movies. those movies were also yeah. just terrible. I mean, they weren't well, all terrible. They, hold on. They were all terrible, but they were also just like, one was poorly mis- well, two were poorly mismarketed. Um, one had a, the Black Adam had a weak script. So did Ant-Man. Ant-Man had a weak script and also had poor visual effects. You thought Ant-Man um, had a weak script? I did. I personally, I, I think oh. Ant-Man had a weak script. I thought you liked it. It was it was okay. It was okay, but after having had more time to reflect on it, um, I I give it a C plus. I think I had it like in my mind, like a B minus or what did I say, like a a four when I saw it, or like a, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty a sure four. in the review you gave it a four. 
So I think I would take it down to like maybe a 3.5 or three, but I think I would stick to right around 3.5. So a C plus. Damn. Damn. Just going off of, I mean, again, the, the performances of Jonathan Majors and all that, that still holds up, but um, he's going through some shit right now, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, anyway, this movie, I think, is one of the the more uh, well-written films. It's also one of the best uh, trilogy uh, enders. Is that is that a term? It's one of the best trilogy enders? Uh, if it's not, you just made it up. Okay, well, fuck it. It's one of the best trilogy enders in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the Many of the characters have, uh, well, the main players have had their own trilogy so far. The only one who hasn't and probably will never is Black Widow. Um, unless they reboot at some point. But this movie, I think, ranks among, it might be the, the best third film Marvel has ever done. Uh, I would say, I would agree with that. I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, At least if we're talking about so like solo movies, even though this is comprised of a team, but outside of Avengers films, I think this is probably the best third film produced. I'll say this: before Volume Three came out, my favorite Marvel trilogy was probably Captain America. But yeah, now Guardians. And the, the thing is, Guardians has always been like my favorite Marvel, I guess, franchise, you know, for lack of a better term. It's like I've always loved Guardians of the Galaxy. The first movie, uh, as soon as Come and Get Your Love by Redbone came on, I was like, oh, yeah, this 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 my shit right here. Yeah, it was yeah, definitely James Gunn knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was definitely cooking with grease ain't nobody nobody touches soundtracks like james gunn touches soundtracks that's a fact that's a fact i even said um in our in the blurred blur by the way uh shameless plug for the youtube channel go subscribe he's been doing that a lot lately comment you know on uh, on the youtube channel blur blur i even said um i even said uh a lot of movies lately have been doing needle drops you know it's, I mean, there was a they played um, "Take on Me" in Super Mario for like no reason. It was like it didn't even fit the scene. I'm like, what? Why are y'all playing "Take on Me" right now? This don't make no sense. Like what? But like James Gunn always knows like the right place to put like songs that you know are them- thematically like work with the scene. You know, he even put he fit like um that song uh Brandy in Volume Two's plot. Like when uh, oh. Ego was going on his little uh villain monologue you know what i mean he's talking about the song and the lyrics i'm like yo that's really good so james gunn has definitely been very good at needle drops and like putting songs in the right place like i'm not even big on the beastie boys like that for real for real he even got me kind of liking that one beastie boys song right now really i mean that beastie boys song is definitely a classic so I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, why James Gunn's needle drop gotta make you like it? But hey, I, I see well, I, to be fair, it, it was I guess because I associated with that probably the best fight scene in Marvel history, or at least definitely one of. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would say uh, it accompanied the hallway scene. Yeah, it accompanied one of, like James Gunn. Uh, I guess he's into hallway scenes now. Um, 
you saw him do it in the Suicide Squad with Harley Quinn, and he's done it here again um, in Volume 3, and he does it to a killer soundtrack. I mean, it is very well choreographed, and it's also edited to be a one-shot scene, which, again, those scenes are very hard, and people have to hit that shit like very meticulously, hit their spots, and choreography... Um, and it was well done. It was very well done. Like you got to see the guardians, like it highlighted each of their abilities, which again I think is such it's 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 so lost on Marvel movies these days to really highlight um individual abilities. Um, so I'm glad that even if it's a hallway scene with multiple uh people, it got done. Mm-hmm. And and on top of highlighting their individual abilities, it also like showed, you know, it, that fight scene. And honestly, I think this movie as a whole is the most the Guardians have ever felt like a unified team. Like when they fight, when they're like teaming up against a bad guy, they I feel like they work together better even than the Avengers. Honestly, oh, absolutely. It it, it kind of is reminiscent of that first. Uh, scene in the well, not the first scene, but the scene in the Avengers where the where Cap is shooting his lasers, or no, Iron Man shooting lasers off Cap Shield, Thor's banging. I mean, they they complement each other very well. They clearly have uh, they have history, so they know how each other fights. And I think it it's very uh, you're very spot on when you say they act like um, a well put together unit. And I think, like you said, this movie really shows that. They not only grown together as a family, but they've grown strategically as well. And just like how you mentioned how that fight scene highlighted each individual member's abilities as a fighter, I think the movie as a whole, and honestly, well, kind of the trilogy as a whole too. Um, you can even kind of throw in the the holiday special in there if you want to. I think this movie, as a trilogy ender, as you called it, um, gave each member a proper send-off if this is indeed the last time we're ever going to see them, at least this version of the Guardians. I really think each of them got a really good send-off. Uh, I, I agree. And honestly, um, everybody got a send-off and I was not expecting it. There were people who got send-offs that I I wasn't expecting. And again, I think this all plays up to the marketing and how uh, it, it had me thinking one thing and then the movie kind of delivers something different, which I think was good because it kind of set up an expectation that was dashed by basically a happy ending. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it, for a movie that had a happy ending, it sure had a sad ass beginning. I mean, woof. Because um, you know, um, basically the the you know, without spoiling anything, of course, the the main drive of the movie is uh, Rocket is attacked by Adam Warlock. And the rest of the movie, the Guardians got to figure out how to save him, more or less. And they got to go through Rocket's origins and, you know, for, you know, figure out how they can help him because he's got this, like, fail-safe inside of him that anyone who tries to, like, help him or revive him, it kills him. So they got to, you know, find out who, quote-unquote, built him and figure out how that person can, like, help them save Rocket. Now, unfortunately for Rocket, he was built by 
possibly the most evil villain in MCU history, <laughs> according to a An lot of animal fans. abuser. Oh my God, this guy, uh, the the high evolutionary who is played by, and I'm I'm counting on you to try to say this name. Hell, hell no! Don't count on me. Give me, give me just a second. I, I know, right. I know his first name is Chuck Woody. It's it Chuck. You said Chuck Woody. Chuck Woody, yes. Chuck Woody Iwuji. Again, yes, apologies because you know, you, I'm, you I'm being pretty sure I messed the up. African. Is look, really man. Fucking with me. Look, man. Look, we look. We. Got, I'm. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a bean. We got some like real names that like have a of have a very interesting combination of vowels and consonants that just be messing up your tongue. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, dog. I'm like, nah, for real. I'm gonna keep it real. A lot of us got long ass names for like no reason. I'm like, damn, bro, how am I supposed to say this whole thing? But nah, but for real though, uh, apologies if I said that incorrectly. But yeah, he did an amazing job, bro. He did an amazing, he killed it. He was so good. I I hope we see him again. People are actually calling for him to replace Jonathan Majors, which is, I mean, that's if Jonathan Majors' trial goes to shit and Disney is forced to kind of uh recast him as Kang. Um I mean honestly it, they could probably work that in 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 a way where um Chukwudi's high evolutionary was a variant of Kang. I mean you don't really have to honor that well I mean I I'm saying they could I, I rework kinda, it if they if they wanted to. They they do have like similar looks and similar color schemes. But I don't know. I feel like that's a little too convoluted. I mean, it's definitely convoluted, but I mean, Marvel does all types of convoluted shit all the time. Um, well, you know, including the comics. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Point there. I mean, just tie tie. I mean, just tie together some loose thread that didn't make sense before, and now it does. I mean, the general audience won't know the difference. It it it's funny though. High Evolutionary spent like. 90% of this movie screaming and like everyone was like damn why why this why this nigga is screaming so much and it's like bro if you if what happened to him happened to you you would be screaming and mad the entire time too you're not wrong there buddy you are not wrong um bro, that that scene where mm, uh uh came off i was like damn you know and, and honestly this movie PG thirteen. This was, I, there the was most some graphic Marvel PG thirteen movie I've ever seen. This was like eighties PG thirteen. Right. Like, like, I'm, 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 I don't. It's not definitely complain. giving. It's definitely giving, and even Star Lord says it, which is hilarious. It's definitely giving uh, RoboCop vibes in terms of like the prosthetics and the makeup and all that. It's. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, that I mean, I guess James Gunn was on his way out, so they kind of just gave him free reign as long as he just wrapped everything up in a bow. And I mean, I think that it paid off. It kind of gave a little more. It was a little more adult than most Marvel films, uh, just because of how it was written. I mean, it still had its its um. Guardians charm and humor, um, maybe a little bit too much in terms of Mantis and Drax, 
But um, oh, you you didn't like the jokey jokes. I'm so tired. I've been tired of it since the Christmas special. Come what? You don't like the, the little interplay between Drax and Mantis? I think that should be. I mean, me I, laugh, I, right? I I thought it was cute. Like it's it seemed cute at first, but now it just is annoying. Like, and people are saying, "Oh, well, Drax oh. is just like Drax is written to to display symptoms of somebody who is on the spectrum." And I mean that may very well be true, but it may not be true. And it's also his character is a little frustrating. Drax the destroyer. What the fuck do you destroy, Drax? What is it you destroy? Now hold on. He he's clutch in a fight. He may be a, he may be, you know, kind of a goofy, you know, character. But Honestly, this was the first this was the first movie. And maybe uh, uh, apart from Infinity War, where he actually came clutch in a fight to me, because in everything else he just kind of was getting thrown around, getting beat, beat the fuck down by um, Ronan the Accuser. Thanos bitch slapped him quicker than uh, he knocked the knocked Hulk out. So hmm. I just think Drax is just there to be a big so you say, goof. You're basically saying Drax ain't got no hands. Drax ain't got no hands. That's why he that's lost crazy. his wife and daughter. Wow, no that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy, bro. Now you ain't have to say all that. That's fucked up. Why, why, why would you say that? Because it's true. He he can't protect nobody. He can't protect nobody. The man can't even protect himself, as we so see he, in this movie. If he's not Drax the Destroyer, then what is he? Drax the bitch. Come on, man. Uh, nah, this, I thought this was a PG-13 podcast. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, um, but nah, man. I, I I do I actually one of my complaints about this, well, I guess not just this movie, but kind of this trilogy of movies, is I do kind of wish Drax got more time to like really go into his origin story. Cause it's actually very tragic when you think about it. Like the way oh, that yeah. Volume Three went into Rocket's origin story, which is sad as hell. I mean, my God, I wasn't expecting to <laughs> be this sad while watching the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but a good sad, not like a bad sad, you know what I mean? But yeah, um, because if you've played uh the Guardians of the Galaxy game, um, the one put out by the same people that did the Avengers game, and even the the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game. Both of those games go into Drax's backstory, and you know his daughter. You meet, you see his daughter and his uh, his uh, his wife, and you know you see you know they were killed. You depending on the continuity, either by Thanos or the Kree or Ronin or whoever, and it's like really sad. And you get to you know you get more dimension to Drax. You know he's not just the super literal comedy you know buff guy. Like you actually, and I know Dave Bautista could carry that kind of tragic story if they let him. Absolutely. So, you know, I do wish that the trilogy, you know, actually got to do that. I mean, you could even go into how Drax never even really got to be the one to take out Thanos. You know what I mean? And at the end of the first movie, I I think if I remember correctly, he was like, yeah, now I got to take out Thanos. And it's like, well, Iron Man did that. So it's like, damn, you know, he snapped his ass into oblivion. We never even really talk about that, but you know, I mean, it is what it is. You know, I do wish, you know, they did that. I couldn't agree more. Drax had this self, a self-made prophecy he was supposed to live up to, 
And if I remember correctly, uh, his skin is gray. Wait, no, I think I'm confusing. <laughs> I think I was about to confuse his backstory with that of, of Kratos. I was about to say, his skin is gray because it's with the <laughs> oh my of, God. His, of his wife and daughter. Oh, wow. Well, when you think about it, He's he's kind of like a, a, a almost like a, a comedy relief Kratos in a way. In a way, <laughs> yeah, he actually does kind of look like Kratos. Now I think about it. Gray, he's got the red markings and shit. Huh. <laughs> Never wears a shirt, you know. Never okay. wears. Oh, a shirt. actually, did you notice in Volume Three how much Drax was wearing shirts? I'm like eighty percent sure. That's because Dave bought Dave Batista did not want to work out for his exactly. Movie. We are what. I, I was about to say it was because he didn't want to wear all that damn makeup. Oh, that too. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Batista, I mean, that nigga looks like he works out like 24-7. That nigga looks like he works out more than The Rock does. But yeah, I, I just oh, hell it was no. I assumed it was because Batista didn't want to wear all them damn, all that damn makeup again. It was like, I, I can't blame you. That is a lot of you're makeup. You're probably right. Because everyone on the poster is basically is covered a lot more than they were in the previous films. Yeah, but and I, I mentioned uh earlier. I mentioned earlier that uh, the movie does go over Rocket's origin story, and yeah, it's a it's a sad. It's like some some damn watership down secret of Nim type shit, man. With his backstory, I mean, my God, I don't know if James Gunn is like an animal rights activist, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was. Cause it, the the shit that was going down in this movie, let me tell you something. I don't know if I it it almost made me want to be a vegan for real. Cause like damn, they was they they was doing those animals dirty, bro. The high evolutionary was definitely a piece of shit, and I believe that um, Peter gifted James Gunn an award for how he and how he interpreted animal cruelty and abuse. I'm not surprised. In the film? I'm um, not surprised. Because, again, Rocket was uh, originally a baby raccoon who at some point was forced to evolve into a talking, a gun-wielding one. Probably the most adorable CG baby raccoon you've ever seen in your life, by the way. The the most. And um, Rocket is definitely the heart of this movie. Even though he's like not really in it that much, like current, like present day Rocket is not really in this movie as much. Um, I'm sure um, you remember that was another one of my complaints too. Yes, that was one of his blurb blurb complaints. Uh, subscribe, find us on YouTube. Um, share it, go ahead. And I happen to agree with you on that. Um, I think that. This movie was kind of a heist movie in a sense that they were looking for something. But, I mean, I think the Guardians kind of started that way. So it was kind of great to bring them back to that because the second one kind of went for them just finding Star-Lord's father. Well, this one brought them back to needing to break in somewhere, find something somebody has so they can, you know, do this thing for Rocket. Um, it definitely takes it back to its uh, volume one roots and um, I really appreciate the kind of full circle 
that James Gunn got to do with this film. Yeah, because if, if there's one thing that I really like about this trilogy, especially in regards to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like it actually had an ending. You know what I mean? Like, like an actual story ending for these guys. Um, well, another thing I kind of I was kind of shaky on because the the Gamora issue, which I feel like we've kind of been sidestepping around, because as we know, Gamora was killed in Infinity War, and then an alternate timeline version of Gamora was brought back in uh, Endgame. So the Gamora in Volume Three doesn't have the memories of volume well her memories pretty much stopped like before volume one right yep she's she's um gamora before gamora started doing nice things right so she doesn't have any memory of her adventures with the guardians or none of that and nope. she's hanging out with she's a ravager now basically so eh, her story i was eh. Her, she does. I don't know. Her character arc is kind of weird because she doesn't really have a character arc. But I think James Gunn did the best he could under those circumstances, as far as the relationship with Star Lord and Gamora. You know what I mean? Like he acknowledged it. You know, it was it was um it was handled properly. Um, they did. He didn't do the predictable unrealistic thing of you know oh Star Lord and Gamora they get back together anyway. No. Because Gamora don't know that nigga for real. So, you know, of course, she's like, eh, I'm not really into you like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually glad. Because a lesser writer or director would have had Gamora and Star-Lord get back together at the end. And it's like, well, no. Nah, they don't. But really the, there together. were there were nods to to their chemistry, though, in the, in the end. Yeah, there were nods. But they still don't get together at the end, which I actually... Oh, absolutely not. It's right. very refreshing. Yeah. I agree. Um, hundred percent agree. Uh, I, I, everybody, I think we we said this in the beginning. Everybody gets their full circle moment and their full circle, like um, happy ending in a way. Um, Gamora, you know, this is not a spoiler. Gamora ends up with a family that is is much more embracing of her of who she is now than the family that wants her to be who she was in when they knew her. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. You know, they 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 instead of, you know, the Guardians trying to make her into who they knew her as, you know, or who she isn't now, it's the Ravagers who accept her for who she is now. I get what you're saying. Uh Nebula. Um, Nebula has had a wild character arc. I mean, you know, first movie. What you know? What a trajectory! Ooh, just evil, total bad guy, and now she's damn near like the mama of the guardians. You know what I mean? I mean, and it's crazy because when you think about it, Infinity War and Endgame. How long were people gone? Five years. So Rocket and Nebula, who are the only guardians alive after the snap, had five years to bond. And you can really feel that. I mean, when when Rocket is on death's door, like you can tell Nebula's desperate. Like she's she's trying to save him, like for real. You know. Um there I mean there was one moment where something happened and Nebula like started crying. I was like, "Wow, you know, this is this is character development. This is, you know, hey." So, I really and Karen Gillan has done a great job with um her performance as Nebula. 
Uh, 100% agreed. Uh, you can really tell that there is a bond there, genuine love. And like, again, where I said that Gamora found her chosen family or she found a family that accepts her for who she is and not who she was, Nebula has kind of done the same thing with the Guardians. She's found a family that accepts her for who she is in the present and not, you know, who she was. And it's it's quite beautiful to see how much she cares for everybody, including Peter, Groot, Drax. You know, she she reads everybody for who they are. And she just does her does her best to just maintain and love her family and do what she can for her family, which is, I think, the running theme for this movie is what you're willing to do to save family or to, to what you're what you're willing to do for family, for your chosen family. And these people are literally willing to traverse the entire galaxy. 100%. I think he really does well with like stories that, you know, um, are about people who are kind of like rejects, but then get accepted by chosen families, like you said, you know, and he did a really good job with this and with the, the Suicide Squad as well. Which um, is why he's going to kill it with Superman. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 genuinely excited to see what James Gunn does with Superman. Uh I wish we got a little bit more Groot, you know. Cause yeah. uh first off, I th- I think Swole Groot's that's why I'm calling I'm calling him Swole Groot because that, that nigga that, now he works that, out. <laughs> that nigga swooped. Uh did you say swoop? I did swoop. This nigga just said swoop. Swoop. All right. So Swoot, I wish we got more Swoot. I'm not gonna lie, because I like Swoot. Swoot's one of my favorite uh, Marvel characters. So you know, what we got was cool. But again, like this story is about Rocket, and Swoot's supposed to be his best friend. So I'm kind of shocked we didn't get a little bit more Swoot. You know, yeah, we got more because... of uh, Star Lord worrying about Rocket than Swoot. You know, which is weird to me because like it's yeah, supposed it... to be Rocket and Swoot. You know, I wouldn't even say that Swoot is like his best friend. I would say. The original group was more like uh, Rocket's best friend, whereas Swoot has kind of become like Rocket's son, his son in a way, because he's they've basically raised this child, this little plantling group, baby group, into Swole Groot and whatever he becomes after that, you know. Um, it definitely didn't didn't give uh, it didn't give any real dynamic. Which is which is odd because I mean we do get one line from from Swoot that um, is very interesting. One of our one of our mutuals on Twitter, Scoot, he said that, that um, it was so it, it was so it fucked with my mind when he when he said it. He said that when you are emotionally attached and tied to Groot, that's when you understand what he's saying in those those three words so when we hear him say what he says outside of those three words it it kind of means that the audience has this emotion has now has this emotional connection where we understand him and it was that like, might have wow that might have been the best moment in the whole movie for me honestly and i'm like can somebody please just tell vin diesel to stop making fucking Fast and Furious movies, and to if he's gonna use, that hey, don't listen to this nigga. Make Fast and Furious movies forever. 
As a matter of no, fact, don't even do don't not even stop. Make, no, don't stop at fast ten. No, make fast no. 11, 12, 13, They're turning, 14, they're turning 40, fast ten into a three-part trilogy. 50, 55. Make Fast and Furious Forever. Fast and Furious Forever. Fast and Furious Forever.com. Fast and Furious Never End. Hashtag Fast and fast Furious and Forever. Ends. Okay. Hashtag fuck fast. If there fast can be, if there can be like five thousand oh no. power spinoffs, I think we can get some more Fast and Furious. That's all I'm saying. There's literally three spinoffs, and so I, many the power first, spinoffs. The first spinoff of Fast and Furious was supposed to be to, Tokyo Drift. That did not go well. Then we had Hobbs and Shaw. That was okay, but you see moving on that today. No, Fast sir. and Furious. Don't end it, Vin. Like, look, my and family. Listen, family is forever. Listen, fuck Salud that. Me All familiar. I'm saying is, fuck, fuck you and fuck that, fuck that franchise. All I'm saying is, somebody tell fucking Vin Diesel, stop making Fast and Furious movies and use that bullying power to get Iron Giant 2 made. My God. You know, that ain't happening. Why not? It's such a good movie. Oh, I agree. It's probably my second. No, it is second favorite animated movie ever. But uh, WBD probably don't see it as very, you know, viable. They should do it. I would love to see it. But yeah. And then there was Mantis. You know, Mantis was definitely. I guess it was. Uh, I don't know who was trying to keep the Guardians together more, Mantis or Peter. But Mantis was also just trying to express herself and express why she is the way that she is. And I would say if Rocket is the heart, some say Groot is the soul, I would say that Mantis and Drax are like the connective tissue that holds them together. I agree. Um, I think Palm Clementif is good as Mantis. Um, I feel like we never really got a lot of a lot of time with Mantis necessarily, but well, and neither did she, she. she. Yeah, she came into her own in um in the holiday special. Um, but you know, I mean, you know, Mantis was fine. I, I don't really have any complaints about Mantis. She she was alright. Yeah. Um. I don't feel like Mantis had a whole lot to do. I mean, besides complaining about how everybody was treating one another, but other than that, I don't think she had a whole lot to do in this movie. Um, but like I said in the uh, at hallway scene, they really highlight uh, some what her ability allows her to do, and it's cool as fuck. So I'm glad we got that little bit of, you know, that. The exposure to what uh, Mantis is capable of, um, and maybe even on a smaller scale. Also, Palm Clementif's uh, comedic timing is really good. Yes, for a French Canadian woman, she knows how to land the joke just right. Well, what is that? Support? French Canadian women can't be funny. Oh, absolutely, they can. I've just never heard one. <laughs> wow. Wow, jeez, man. We got a regular. No, 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 no. You're not taking a red You're misunderstanding. I have not heard any (laughs) French women, like French Canadian women. I've not heard any 
So I don't know if like if they're notoriously known for being funny. Okay, so I'm, I'm this opens my perspective. Yourself. This opens my perspective to to see so. Because I mean, I guess everyone's capable of being funny, but Palm, you know what? I'm gonna shut the fuck up now because it doesn't sound Hashtag like I'm going cancel anywhere. JT. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh Star Lord, um, Chris Pratt, you know, one one complaint or one issue I had with volume two. I, I don't know if I fully bought the dramatic moments they put Chris Pratt in in volume two, because in those moments he still mm. kind of felt like jokey Star Lord to me. Volume three did that. He he I, I he's he's clearly grown as an actor because when Star Lord has those like dramatic moments, I, I actually buy it this time. Like he's he's clearly depressed, you know. He's sad. He ain't got his girl no more. You know, what I mean, he basically kind of accidentally destroyed the world for like five years, you know. So he's probably got guilt about that too. So I think Chris Pratt really did a really good job with that side of Star Lord in this movie. Yeah, he's he's shown, he's been showing the side. Of Star Lord that's been dealing with the loss and has he dealt not dealt he's been continuing to deal with the loss of his Gamora while also dealing with the loss of I guess past yet current Gamora who wants nothing to do with him it's 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 he's going through so much his rockets in the shape he's in Gamora's no longer his Gamora he just, does, I mean, he doesn't have his parents. I mean, Jesus Christ, Star-Lord, since coming back to Earth, net, well, did he even go back to Earth? I don't think he even ever went back to Earth, even during the Infinity War. Um, not during, well, uh, well, I mean, the last, well, not during Infinity War, you're right. Oh, he, he came back during Endgame. He came back during the, the, the very ending of Endgame. Even then, he didn't go visit the, the actual last remaining blood relative he had outside of uh you know who we now know uh mantis as his his half sister um he never visited his grandfather so he's been in this rut of losing people and not knowing how to deal with it and it's it he he shows it in in this performance he shows this emotional rut and the the longing and the absolute necessity he he needs uh to save rocket and there, well, everybody shows it well yeah but you know what it is is he's this whole time he's kind of been running away from the reality of his mom dying right i mean he as yeah. soon as it happened he was kidnapped and taken off into space and it's been that ever since you know and if you notice in this movie um Granted, Ego destroyed it in Volume Two, but not once does is he wearing his like signature Star Lord helmet, right? And I think James Gunn did that on purpose, not only just to you know obviously. Well, actually, uh, James up... James Gunn said something about that in a tweet. <laughs> oh, he did. Oh, yeah, he okay. said he said that his helmet is in one of his like uh, cabinets. He just had to leave so quickly to to save Rock, and he didn't think to grab it. Oh, well, damn! I, I had this whole. I had this whole like thing about how how I'm it so was sorry. it was it was symbolic of his growth and how he was finally accepting you know his his earth roots and he's like he's done with the space stuff he's like you know what I'm ready to confront you know 
my life on earth, but all right, you just shot I mean, he's still ready to con- he's still ready to confront that. It's just, you know, not because <laughs> of the mask. Not you know, like, you can't use the mask as a symbolism. Damn, man. <laughs> Shit, I had a whole thing. I was like, well, never mind. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's fuck, not, that's not right. good. Well, yeah, there you I go. Mean, I guess he got a new outfit. He just didn't out. wear it. No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I was about to I was about to sound <laughs> super fake deep for a second. I was like, all right. Well, never mind then. All right, forget it. Damn. But uh, but yeah, man, I, I really like stuff. It, you know what? A lot of times, I feel like, one of the few Marvel fans that actually fuck with Star Lord heavy, because you know I'd be seeing a lot of Marvel fans. You know they'd be talking online and in real life and stuff. They don't be feeling Star Lord like that, especially after Infinity War. It's like you know leave Star Lord alone, man. You know maybe I just I just I feel bad for the heroes that people be dumping on. You know people dump on Ant Man. You know people dump on Star Lord a lot. It's like I like those guys, man. You know they 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 they, they hold their own. You know. You know, especially for a guy mm-hmm. who's basically the only person on the team with no powers. I mean, yeah. Um, ooh, the I just set think design. He... The set. Oh, sorry. Oh my I'm god. To say something. No, nothing important. You're go ahead. The set design okay. was James. <laughs> I mean, this is. I mean, fuck it. This is just a pro James Gunn episode, I guess. James Gunn is really good at set design, bro. One thing he's always been solid at is making the cosmic side of Marvel look weird as hell in a really cool way. Like the the Orgo Corp place, like it's made out of like organic material, so it's like a satellite made out of like skin and organs and shit. It looked cool. It looked as hell. like an asshole. <laughs> what? It looked like an anal orifice. Nigga, what anal orifices have you seen that look like that? You can't tell me the entry did not look like an anal orifice. No, it looked like a satellite made of flesh. What do you? <laughs> a satellite made of flesh? Bullshit. That shit looked like intestines leading to an asshole. That one moment when like Drax got stuck in the hole, it it to me it did kind of look like he was being pooped. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? When he got stuck in the hole and then he, he was he was trying to get inside. So he, I mean, this is still yeah. James. This is still James Gunn. James Gunn, you know, he did make <laughs> Slither, Super, Scooby Doo, one and two. Yeah, that he, he did. It. That he did. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I love the set design of um of all that stuff. Uh. uh even it's Counter- all practical. Earth. Oh yeah, really? Are you talking James about Gunn like said we had? I I was just watching um, a GQ interview that James Gunn did today on his top five favorite um, comic book movies. And then they did, um, they asked him to break down the favorite parts of his movies. And he said, in Guardians 3, we had the largest practical sets that you could ever see. That is very interesting. Wow. Okay, I gotta look that up because I, I I gotta I can't wait to see like behind the scenes of this because I legit thought like uh, a lot of that was enhanced by by effects or something. But wow, those are all practical. That's really cool. Um, even the 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 suits. Hey, you ever notice how in every Guardians movie there's always a scene where like the the villains are like tossed up or floating in the air? Yes. You ever notice that? It's weird. Yes, I do. Huh. But yeah, 
Um. Anyway, yeah. So that was really cool. Even Counter Earth, which looked like an episode of a uh, BoJack Horseman or something. You know the the were the right. Now, I assume the animal costumes were practical as well. Of course. I would assume so as well. Yeah, yeah. they look very very practical. It would look really good. They all look really good. They like it's like a planet of like animal people, and it's like it legit. Like I said, it looks like an episode of BoJack Horseman, like for real, and it looked really good. You know. Um, if they if they ever do a live action version of BoJack Horseman, get whoever did that. Um, but yeah, uh, did you have a favorite song off of the Awesome Mix Volume Three? Oh my God, what was the love? Uh, the Earth Wind and Fire song? No, was that Earth Wind hey, Fire? Re- yeah, it was. It was Reasons, and also yeah. same. Yeah, yeah, Reasons. It was. It was that love that song. I'm like, also, I, I would have never thought that reasons would be the music to oh also um uh creep creep uh the the acoustic version by radiohead every guardians opening has been solid as hell the opening credit scene every single one has been fire yeah every scene um I can't agree with you more. And it, it starts off kind of somber, but I mean, not somber, but it just kind of starts off slow. I, I would up. say somber. I, I would definitely say somber. Uh, creep, the acoustic version of Creep, it, it sets a mood. It it definitely did. It definitely did. Um, But yeah, that was my favorite song. Um, I love the way that they, they, they fade the music in and out for like, so that it matches the actions in the scene so perfectly james gunn is he's just he's a master chef when it comes to this music shit in his movies that he is um any strike comments before we go into some spoilers and our ratings i mean i think the weakest characters in this movie were definitely drax and mantis um, I agree with you that we, I wish there was more Groot in this movie. I really wish that we could have seen maybe the origins of how Groot and Rocket linked up, but that's not here. Um, I mean, this movie had some great emotional beats. It's a great like send off for this iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um. And I don't know if Star-Lord will ever be the leader of the Guardians again. You know, not saying he is or isn't in this movie, but I'm open to, like, definitely some new leadership. I'm open to new Guardians. I'm open to just, just... pre-existing characters that have yet to be introduced in this cosmic side of the MCU. And this movie, uh, I I won't say I cried, but I teared up. There's so many emotional beats. There's so many calls to family. This movie is a better family movie than fucking Fast and Furious. I tell you that much ado. You know, normally I'd be arguing with you, but I actually like Guardians of the Galaxy, so I'm gonna let it slide. Oh, you're gonna let it slide, huh? Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, those are my final comments. I think this movie has great emotional beats. It's a great 
swan song for James Gunn's um, directing and writing efforts in the MCU. Um, he turned an, a random group of Marvel heroes from this bland cosmic group to this family filled with life, personality, and connection. And it's probably one of the most sincere efforts in in the MCU, if I'm being honest. Um, my only final comment is uh about someone who you thought would have been important, but we ain't even mentioned this nigga the whole review. Uh Adam Warlock. <laughs> oh fuck. Like, yeah, you forgot, didn't you? You forgot he was even in this movie. Dog, mm. they didn't do they did like I mean, I don't, I, I won't say they didn't do nothing with Adam Warlock, especially considering he's the cause of the inciting incident. But like, bro, they really didn't do much with this guy. And he's supposed to be an important character, but. Eh. Well, I think, you know, they'll develop him as time goes on. Again, he is just a baby, I guess, in this movie. So he's still learning. So I hope that they develop him and they, they eventually mold him into the Adam Warlock that um, is so revered in Marvel comics. I hope so too. You know, Will Poulter is is a great actor, but they they he didn't get nothing to do in this movie, man. Yeah, well, he did. He got a paycheck, so that's yeah, yeah. that's what it's that's giving. Um, but yeah, so I said, like I said in the blur blur, five out of five, certified hood classic. Play the, you know, clip here. This is a certified hood classic. Uh, what's your rating? Um, if I'm being honest with you, a 2.5 out of 5. Are you serious? No, you're trolling. You're fucking with me. What's your real rating? <laughs> I already know you're messing 4. with 5 me. 4.5 out of 5. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, exactly. 4.5 out of 5. You used to try to get me to act up. I don't know what you was doing. So, yeah. It's, both of us it's like this great, movie. but it's not perfect. Yeah, both of us like. Well, I, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like I'd be giving fives to movies that aren't perfect. I don't know. Whatever. So, yeah, I, I feel like do. I feel like if I ever come across a movie that is legitimately perfect, I'd probably just give it like a six or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, we both like this movie. Um, very, very positive on this movie. So if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. Uh. This is going to be the spoiler section of the review. So, uh, if you haven't seen the movie yet, stop listening here. Okay. Three, two, spoilers. This new Guardians lineup of uh, Rocket, Groot, um, Kraglin, who now has um, Yondu's... Full control. Which is pretty cool. That was a little nice moment to see with Kraglin finally figuring out how to use the arrow. That was nice. I like Kraglin. He's cool. Um... One of the little kids from like the uh, from High Evolutionaries little thing and His Cosmo, yeah, yeah, Cosmo, Adam Warlock, and Adam Warlock's little pet thing. Have we seen those things oh. before? I feel like we've seen them before. I think we've seen them in other Guardians movies. Okay, because I was like, I feel like I've seen this creature somewhere before. I don't know, but um, uh, so. 
how are you feeling on this new Guardians lineup? Which, I mean, you know, even in the comics, the Guardians lineup changes up like all the time anyway, which happens with a lot I of mean, groups, but yeah. I feel fine. I don't know what this kid is going to bring to it necessarily. Um, but other than that, I mean, I feel like it's a nice natural progression for the Guardians lineup. I mean, would you watch? Would you watch a movie that starred this group? I would watch a, a movie that starred this group that also had Nova. That's why I'd, I'd watch it then. Nigga, I think the Nova Corps is dead. We ain't seen them niggas yeah, since they, the first movie. Uh, Thanos basically destroyed Xanadar. I I think the Nova Corps might be done. And that's where them. That's where Nova gets his own movie. The core comes again or rises again. That's what she said. Um, no. Yes. It comes again, rises again. Oh my God, stop saying that. That's what she said. That doesn't even... Just keep... Just t- talk about the movie, please. Anyway. Anyway, but yeah, I would... I would, Even if Noah wasn't in it, I would watch it just to, be, just to see because I think the ability of of um Cosmo, which is an, an odd name for a female dog, but anyway, it's um I think her abilities, Kraven's abilities, I think there's so many new elements and so many new strategies and things that could that are at play with this new lineup. I'd be curious to see how they work together, honestly. And um First, and I would also just be happy to see how this new this new mega monster Groot is going to destroy is going to fuck shit up because that motherfucker Groot that is a tree. And it could turn into a kaiju for real. Let me ask you something. Maybe maybe I'm looking too much into this. It's entirely possible I am. That little girl. Her her mouth. Did you notice like similar like Thanos lines on it, like on her face? I feel like I, I saw like Thanos like lines on her face. Um, I don't I saw some markings, but I don't know if they were like uh something that gave me anything reminiscent of Thanos. You're talking about his people, like the little the lines under his chin. Yeah, exactly. Like, like she might be of his people. I, I mean, I know the high evolutionary created those kids or whatever. I guess, but I don't know. Maybe he tossed some like Titan DNA in there or something. I mean, but Thanos is also like he's a mutant of the Titans. He like all the Titans pretty much look like fucking Harry Styles or regular people, should I say? Um, so. Thanos was well, that just for this but I mean like maybe that kid falls under not X-Men mutant mutant, category. But mutant yeah I mean if she was created or if maybe high evolutionary spliced some Titan DNA or whatever. I don't think I don't think he would do that because he was trying to make the perfect people and if anything was a mutation, he would not fuck with it. I mean, even Gar even Rocket was technically mutated into what he became all mutated and augmented um ugh, i don't know if it reminded me of anything related to Thanos. though i i think there were more so tattoos like markings to maybe um signify which number or which experiment they were 
But yeah, I would see this. Would, would you? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think the lineup is pretty cool. I mean, like I said, I like the Guardians. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of worried though, because if we get Guardians without James Gunn, is it gonna be like? Is it gonna be the same? You know what I mean? Because James Gunn is obviously gonna be busy with DC. And like um, I feel like every time we see Star Lord in a non Guardians movie, they make him like stupider than he actually is. You know, it's I like so things like you know, kind of like a you know what flanderization is, right? Yes. Yeah, like a flanderized version of you know. So I'm kind of worried about seeing Guardians handled by someone who isn't James Gunn. However, the last thing we see uh is um. Uh, you know, after we see, you know, a little comedy thing, whatever, Star-Lord uh, Star with his grandpa, blah, blah, blah. The legendary Star-Lord will return. That was interesting to me. Because usually oh, at the why? end of the movies, they say the Guardians of the Galaxy will return. But now Star-Lord is just returning. I'm like, okay, what does this mean? What's the future for Star-Lord look like? You know, do you have any, like, predictions on that? Um, I'm uh, I'm imagining he's still a cosmic guy. So I'm imagining he might pop up in the Marvels. Um, I honestly can't really see a whole lot of projects that we know are coming that he would really be a part of. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say he probably end up in the Marvels. Well, he's a cosmic guy, but he's currently, you know, on Earth. On on Earth, get, and honestly, yeah, by the way, what regular guy? What the hell is he gonna do? Cause this nigga was, you know, kidnapped at like age eight. This man ain't got no GED. He ain't got no degree. I mean, what no the education? Hell? He ain't got no type of education besides fifth grade. Uh, uh, I wouldn't even say honor. I'll just say fifth grade report card. I mean, maybe if he kept his space stuff, he could maybe be a superhero. Maybe. Hmm. What I want, I don't know. I feel like he's better when he's in a group of people who make him look stupid. So you wouldn't want to watch a Star Lord movie where it's just him? Probably not. Unless somehow he ends up working for Nick Fury, then he ends up working for Sword somehow, maybe. Or is it Sword? It is Sword. It's Sword. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't hate that. I mean, I don't see Nick Fury of all people you know getting him to join S.W.O.R.D. so I don't know if I would buy that but I wouldn't mind it I wouldn't hate it um like I said I'm I'm a huge Star Lord fan I wouldn't mind watching a Star Lord movie show whatever they do so you know I'm, 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 I'd be fine with that yeah and um I think it was a, it was very like I said in the non-spoiler review I think it was nice to see Gamora finally I mean this version of Gamora finding a family outside of the Guardians, one that like trust her and they want her and you know they're just a totally different breath of air compared to what that version of Gamora knew with Thanos. Um yeah, I I think everybody going in their own direction. I think Drax kind of choosing to raise those kids. Um Nebula choosing to kind of be the mayor or the leader of nowhere. Mantis going on her own journey of self discovery with them big. What are those things? Big. I'm just gonna call them big ass worms. Them big if, ass uh, worms. If I remember correctly, they're called obelisks. 
Um, which you probably remember they, from the volume two, right? In the beginning, yep, exactly the same monster they fought in volume two. I was like, oh yeah, like, oh these things look familiar. Where did they fucking? Oh yeah, Drax was inside one. Not sexually, of course, Pause. but <laughs> okay, all right. You know that's that's all my uh spoiler type thoughts. I don't know. If, uh, that's it for you. That's it for me, honestly. Um, I look forward to seeing what happens with this Guardians, this new iteration of the Guardians. I'm assuming there will probably be a break. We probably won't see Rocket for a while, Groot for a while, and whoever else, Kraven and all them, for a while. Um, I'm very also very curious to see how Star-Lord fits into the MCU now that he's kind of on sabbatical from the Guardians. But you do think that we'll eventually see these characters again someday? I I do. And I honestly think that at some point Marvel's going to kind of do a cosmic reboot. I don't know. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Well, that's it for the show. That's Words from Blurs. You can follow us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, everywhere. We everywhere. Yep. Follow uh, us. Subscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, blurred, blurred blurbs. We out here. Words from Blurs YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Us, uh, uh, follow our Twitch streams from Blurs. Follow our Instagram, Twitter, all those social media stuff. I, you know, uh, TikTok as well. Um, tiki 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 tiki. Believe I mentioned everything. Uh, any final comments for the people? Be on the lookout. Into the Spider Verse is coming. We got yes. the Flash coming. Unfortunately, across we got Fast 10. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, we got Fast 10. That's oh, coming down the pipeline. Pause. Um, we got Indiana. We're going we to have... review Indiana Jones. We're going to review Indiana Jones. So you best get your ass in that theater. I don't have to like watch every... I'm not... like I Transformers. Told you, I'm, not, I'm not a big... Oh, my God. Well... I don't That's know. directed by good. a black man. Don't it you does, get it? Does look good. It's support the black talent. Michael Bay isn't near it. So, oh, no, so he's not. Let me get God. this straight. Let me get this straight. So they got the they got Optimus Primal, who's a gorilla, and this the one Correct. they get a black dude to direct. Okay. I see what you're doing, Hollywood. You're not slick. Oh, oh, oh. No. Wow. That's wild. Oh, wow. You brazy no, for that, not... Hollywood. Okay. Wow. I don't wow. even want to watch this movie now. Now you, you turn this racial. You see that? It's subliminal. No. It's subliminal. Oh. That's what they be doing, bro. That's Word? what we do. Oh, and I saw, you see that? You see? I peeped oh, that. Oh, Hollywood. That, we ain't all monkeys. We don't all right? hang out in the jungle. That's terrible. This is not That's Ace terrible. Ventura. Why? He couldn't. He couldn't. Adore. And you know what? <laughs> well, it could be worse. They could have put them damn. Uh... <laughs> you remember the twins? The, the little, the little, oh, um, them little the, the minstrel, the minstrel box. Yeah, Jesus, that, that's something special. Anyway, I digress. Uh, we're out. Um, praise up for Jamie Fox. Hope he's doing better. Um, yeah, that's it. Peace. Peace.